All right. Hey, good morning, everybody. It's good to see everybody out here today uh, on this Super Bowl Sunday. Awesome that you made your way out. Uh, and I hope you uh, stay safe today as we watch that game, uh, whoever you're rooting for. And it's uh, all of you who are watching us online. Thanks for joining us in, as well. And uh, man, I really do believe this every time we get it. So it matters. It matters. Coming together here, uh, doing this together as, as we get to proclaim uh, the hope and love of God in a world that badly needs it. So I, again, I just want to say I'm so glad that, that you're taking advantage of, of that freedom that we have to do this. And so however, listen, however you came in here, however you're finding us out there, what I know, I know that God is making his presence known. I know it. And, and my prayer and hope all the time is that you feel it and that you feel his presence and his provision. And I'm just praying it continues as we go uh, with the rest of our time today. And so let's get to it. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab those. Go ahead and get those or electronics out and open them up to Ephesians chapter five. We're gonna be in Ephesians chapter five. Now we're gonna get there uh, in a few minutes, uh, but today, uh, as we get there, we are beginning a brand new series that we are calling No More Hurry, all right? And here is the gist of the next four weeks, okay? That we, as a church of Jesus followers, have a hurry problem, all right? We do, we have a hurry problem. Now, most of us here feel it, right? A lot of us know you have it, and there are some of us that would say you're not sure, but it probably wouldn't take too much convincing to get you there to agree that hurry is probably something going on in your life or that we are facing or that we haven't. So here, here's what I'm gonna try to do. I'm gonna try to get everybody in on this. Let me set the table here as we get going on this today. So if you are here or you are watching, all right, and you are a parent, all right, you are a student, you are an empty nester, you are a 40 hour a week worker, or you just scoffed at that. You're like, only if Andy, right? Oh, I work so much, right? If you're beyond 40 hours a week, if you are uh, a retiree or, or employee or employer, follower of Jesus, you might have a hurry problem. So hopefully I got everybody in there. If not, let me know and I'll add you to the list. Okay, so. And, and so here's what I wanna do really quick, just for a second. I want you to do something with me for a sec, okay? So just right now, just take a second, and I want you to think about all of the things that you're doing right now in your life. Just take a second, think about all the things that you're doing right now in your life, okay? I'm gonna help you on this, okay? So think about uh, all the things that you have to do. Right now, just think about that. All the things that need to get done, all right? All the commitments that you would say are important and then the ones that you're actually doing, think about that. I want, and then think about all the demands that are coming at you from other places that you've got to figure out and, and work on to get done. All this wrapped in, okay, with the schedule that you have with work and family and church and extracurriculars, okay? You got it? You got all that? All right, now, all right? Think about all of that getting done and accomplished and not giving you any stress or any second thoughts at all, okay? So if that's you, you are in a very small minority of people who are not suffering from hurry sickness, all right? Uh, you know, kids or no kids, you know, 40 hours a week or whatever, okay? Uh, and so, and if you're someone who started getting the sweats by me just saying those things, welcome to your first step of recovery from the hurried life. We are glad you're here. You're actually in really good company because I would say that that's the average person 
uh, that they are ex experiencing hurry sickness in their life. And, and so here's the deal. I, I just want to get this out there really clear. This is why we're talking about this in church. Why are we talking about this over the next four weeks? Because of, of why, this is why. This is, gang, a very spiritual issue. This is a very spiritual issue. Your ability, listen to me, your ability to live in a way where you are not experiencing hurry is a very spiritual issue. It's more spiritual than you think because here's what I wanna ask. What if, listen, what if hurry isn't just a barrier, but it actually is one of the biggest barriers to your ability to experience all that God has for you in this life? And, and what if, just what if, you can actually measure your level of being rushed versus rested with the level of trust that you have with God. That's what we're gonna talk about because believe it or not, believe it or not, wherever you are with this hurried life, God's will for you is not to be so overscheduled and so exhausted that you're going crazy. That is not his will for you, whether you believe it or not. I promise you, that God's will is not that you're so depleted and worn out that all you have left to give him and the people around you that you love is like your scraps. That, that's what hurry does. And, and listen, everybody, that is not God's will for your life. So this is, this is a very, very spiritual deal. And that's why we're gonna talk about this over the next four weeks because here's what, if we're not talking about it, then we're not thinking about it, then here's what my premise is. We are not going after what really matters. What really matters? What is it? Actually, a few weeks ago, uh, God kind of impressed on, this on me, and I shared it last week as I was hosting. When I was preparing one of the messages in January, uh, I just felt God impress on me like this, this focus that he wanted me to have. It was, it was just so clear uh, of what he wanted to do, and, it was, and he wanted to give this as a church, and this is what I want to go after for the whole church this season or, or this year. It was like a big idea for this season, and it was this. It's how we're loving each other. How we're loving each other. I think that in the world right now and everything that's going on, and, and by the way, we're in an election year, everybody, if you notice, okay? Like, I think the topic of loving each other well is very appropriate right now. And, and, and Jesus actually had a big focus on that as well. Here's what Jesus says about it. Here's what he says. He says, by this thing, everybody's gonna know that you're my disciples. What is it? How you're loving each other. So, so how this fits with what we're talking about is this. Here's what I'm gonna tell you. You cannot love well and be hurried at the same time. It's impossible. It's impossible. Okay, so let's talk about it. Let's talk about what hurry is and then what we're gonna do over the next four weeks. We're just gonna see what God has to say about it, see his prescription to get rid of the hurried life. All right, everybody interested in it? Anybody need this today? Come on, somebody. All right, let's talk about hurry. What is it? So one of the things that I wanna get started on uh, as we get into this idea of hurry, uh, we need to know that there is a difference between hurry and busy. Like hurry and busy are, are not the same thing. So this is not a series about not being busy. In fact, when you read uh, the gospels, when you read about Jesus, like it is very clear that Jesus was really busy, right? Like he was busy. He was always doing stuff. He was always moving from town to town, teaching God's word, healing people, talking about the kingdom of God, teaching God's word. And so, so Jesus was busy, but what you gotta catch, he was ever, never, ever, ever in a hurry. He was, he was very busy, but he was never in a hurry. In fact, uh, John Mark Comer, who wrote The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, that's the book that we're basing this series on. And if you're in a group going after this, that's what we're using in our Right Now Media study. Uh, he writes this about the difference. Here's what he says. He says that there are two kinds of busy, all right? There is healthy and there is toxic, okay? There's healthy and toxic. So when you have uh, not a lot to do, but when you have too much to do and not enough time to do it, that's toxic and that's 
hurry. So you can kind of think about that a little bit. When you have too much to do and not enough time to do it, that's hurry. Another way uh, to define hurry is this, is that you, to be in a constant state of needing to do more and needing to go faster, even actually when there's no need to be rushed in your life. Let, let me, so let me ask you this. Have you ever just felt rushed for no reason at all? Literally no reason. You just feel rushed. You're like, oh, I should be doing something. That's a sign. That's a sign that you're hurried, okay? Have you, have you ever been like in a, in a place where you actually were able to have some downtime, but you treated it like a four-letter word? And instead of having the downtime, you put one more thing on your to-do list and it was never supposed to be there. Anybody? That's a sign, listen to me, that you're a little bit hurried, okay? There are other signs of that. If you, if you have your notes, go ahead and grab those. What I wanna do is to help us understand, I'm gonna give us four signs, four signs of hurry so we can just kind of at least look at this and understand where we're going with what God has to say. So uh, here are some signs that you might be hurried. Here's the first one if you're writing these down is if you have a nagging sense that there's not enough time. If there's just this, Nagging sense that there's not enough time. So, so if, you, if you are in sort of a, a constant state, more often than not, where you just feel like time is always running out, right? Oh, I don't have time, I don't have time. Or if you, here's the other, if you get to the end of the day and you're like, man, if I only had one more hour, I would have gotten everything done. It would have been great, right? And you say that a lot, like that's a sign, right? That, that, that you're hurried. If you are restless and impatient, that's this one, if you're restless and impatient. Uh, as I was uh, researching this, I found some fascinating things, and I'm gonna share some of these out of the book and some of the things that I researched, but uh, I found something really interesting with this. So uh, in 1967, okay, there was a Senate subcommittee hearing on technology in 1967, okay? And there was this group of people that uh, came to give testimony and they called themselves futurists, all right? And so they came and, and they gave testimony and here's what they said, okay, in 1967. They said that by 1985, all right, get this, due to advances in technology and efficiency, that people would work 22 hours a week only for 27 weeks of the year and the rest of the year they would have off. And they warned in 1967 that in 1985, the biggest problem in our society would be idleness and too much spare time. I'm not sure we got there, everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't, we pass that way up. In fact, in fact, we just feel the opposite, don't we? Because the feeling that most of us have is there's not enough time. And then when there's not enough time, then what we try to do is try to cram more in, try to, to do more and fit that other thing in while we're at it. Now, what we, here, what we cannot do is, is in the, we can't confuse hurry with procrastination either. Like that, those are two different things. So a little bit about me, a little bit about me. Uh, so, you know, welcome to my life. Uh, I, I'm, I'm late a little bit, okay? I'm late. In fact, some people would say I'm never on time for anything ever, okay? And it is not because I'm hurried, okay? It's actually the opposite. I actually don't suffer from hurry. Uh, I actually think that I have way more time than I ever have. I never, I never have time. I think I have way too much of it. Uh, it's really weird. It's really weird. That's why I'm late. I'm never hurried. I'm just like, oh, we got time. Let's go, okay? Uh, and so some people get a little upset about that. I'm not naming names. But anyways, I'm self-aware with that. Like, I'm, I'm self-aware. I'm not I am not confused with the difference between being hurried and being in the consequence of delaying my time too much, okay? But, so we can't confuse that. But that's the first sign. Here's the second one. Second sign that you're hurried is you have a lack of depth or joy in your life. That there is a lack of depth or joy in your life. And so here is a myth about hurried people. Hurried people actually still waste time. 
Now, that sounds like an oxymoron, but it's true. But, but because, listen to me, but because you're hurried, what you will do is you will put this intensity around doing things and you're trying to find something, but you're actually, it's not giving you what you need because you don't have time to actually settle on what actually does. You're just trying to do all these things. So, so listen to some of these statistics uh, that Comer gives us in his book. I found these interesting. So here's what he found. He found that the average American, and by the way, I just want you to know, the average American is hurried. So what he's saying is the average hurried American spends 705 hours on social media each year. Okay, now listen, that was in 2019 when the book came out. I looked it up. It went up to 864. So 864 hours a year on social media. Uh, You touch your phone 2,600 times a day. uh, And the average American streams or watches 2,700 hours of media each year. And so here's what I'm saying. So, so hurry, people still waste time on things. In fact, I would actually put forward an argument that hurry, people do this more than rested people. Here's why, everybody, because rested people aren't looking frantically for what they already have. You hear what I'm saying? Rested people already have it, so they're not looking frantically for it, and they're not wasting as much time on these other things. So uh, there's another book that I came across uh, called Time Wars. It's a good book. And uh, Jeremy Rifkin, here's what he writes about it. Here's what he says. I wish I would have put it up on the screen, but he said this. Despite our alleged efficiency, we seem to have less time for ourselves and far less time for each other. Isn't that true? We have quickened the pace of life only to become less patient. We have become more organized, but less spontaneous, less joyful. We are better prepared to act on the future, but less able to enjoy the present and reflect on the past. And so there's a, so there's a sign of hurry is when you really have a hard time finding depth or joy in your life. Here's a third one, a third sign, is that you have a lack of compassion. That there is a lack of compassion with hurried people. And so uh, Jesus, he taught about this one. It, it, it's the, he taught this, this parable called the parable of the Good Samaritan. And so if you don't know the parable that he shared, he talked about this guy uh, was walking down the street, minding his own business, and two robbers came and they beat him up. Uh, and they, they left him for dead on the side of the road. They ro- robbed him and, and left him for dead. Uh, and then Jesus says that as he was dying on the side of the road, that these two guys uh, who actually were religious leaders, one was a priest and one was like a priest-like guy, uh, they, they came by this guy, but Jesus said that they passed him by. They didn't stop to help, all right? Now, uh, Jesus never gave the reason why they didn't stop. But here's what I would say, okay? With, with whatever reason they gave to not stop and help that guy, here's what they actually did. They used that to remove themselves from the responsibility of helping, to remove themselves from having compassion on that guy. Yes, they did. And so what I would put forward is that one of the biggest reasons of why is because we're too hurried to stop. Come on, somebody. We're too hurried to be concerned about somebody else's problem. We got other stuff to do. I got, I'm zinging on by. I got to pick them up. I got to do this and drop them off. And I got to do this. And we got to eat at some point in time. And we get too hurried to be bothered by anything going on outside of what we're doing. And, and listen, and when we're hurried, here's the thing. It happens to all of us, by the way. Like we don't stop for every single thing. But here's what happens. When we are hurried, see, it becomes more of a chronic disposition. And when we're, so when we're in a hurry, we, we really have a hard time having compassion on people. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but it's true. And here's the fourth one. It's that you have a lack of grace. Hurry people have a lack of grace. And, and so I think of all the ones that, that I've been working through this week, I actually think this one for some of you might be a, a light bulb moment. And here's why. Because did you know Did you know that one of the things that you feel deprived of most when you're in a hurry is grace? 
That's what, because here's what grace really, grace is space, grace is room. Like that, when God gives you grace, he gives you room. He's like, I love you, my grace is enough. I wanna give you space, I wanna give you that room. And so here's what happens when you're hurried, so you don't fill in your gaps with grace. Instead, you fill them in with impatience. You fill them in with annoyance and you fill them in with frustration. And here's what happens, you only give what you bring in. So you can only give out those things as well. And so uh, if you, here's what I would say, if you have a really hard time giving out grace, this might be why. Did you ever consider this? Because you're in a hurried way and that's why it's really hard for you and why you're always annoyed or why you're always frustrated or why you're always fired up at people. It could be a, a lack of grace in your life, but it's not, that's not the root. The root is you're hurried, you're hurried. And so I'm hoping that these things are starting to get us to see some of the effects of hurry and why it's important to recognize it uh, in our lives. And, and I will just say this uh, before we move to God's solution in this, okay? Because that's what's most important. I wanna say this with, with love for, for everybody, okay? Even as I look at it in my own life, like some of us here, some of us here, you really need to wrestle with this because I think sometimes you think hurry is actually not bad but good, and it's not. Like I actually, I just, want, I just want you to wrestle with the fact because I think a lot of people, you don't think it's actually bad, you think it's a good thing because you live and act with hurry in a way where you actually believe it's a, just minimum neutral, or not hurting anything at all. But here's what I wanna tell you and what we're gonna look at and what we just saw. There are some God things that cannot actually happen if you're hurried. They just won't. They can't happen if you stay in the hamster wheel of hurry. And so, so let's get to what God has to say as we wrestle with this. And I wanna encourage you, think about this in your life, all right? So Ephesians 5, hopefully I gave you enough time to get there, okay? So, so we'll get there to Ephesians 5. We're gonna look at this and see what God is inviting us to do as we take the next four weeks to root out a hurried life. So we're gonna pick this up in verse 15. Here's what it says. It says, all right, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. This is kind of gonna be the premise scripture for the series that we're gonna go after. So what I wanna do today is I wanna break this down. Uh, and, and here's my goal today. My, again, my goal uh, is not to, to like focus on what you're doing wrong. Like I don't want, listen, man, we all have different schedules and I don't, so I'm not gonna try to like, you know, uh, judge your calendar or judge your news. We all have different capacities. Again, it's not about being busy. It's about being hurried. But, but here's what I do wanna say. If you are here and you are feeling a little strain, right? Or, or your life is actually pointing to more of those four things and those signs of hurry on a consistent basis than, than you want it to, then here, my hope is that you see that God wants something different for you and we can just go after it together, okay? So let's break this down a little bit and, and get the idea of the scripture. So there's really um, four things that are going on here. First thing he says is to look carefully, right? He says, look carefully, so what he's saying is you, you need to take a careful inventory of your time. That's the first kind of step as we look at hurry in our lives. Investigate it, scrutinize it. Do, scrutinize what you're doing uh, because here's what I think he is getting at and where God wants to go. I actually think one of the main ways that hurry creeps in and actually settles in to your life and hides away is in the fact that you don't take time to actually scrutinize what you're doing. You don't take time to go, okay, what are we actually doing? And does that line up with, with, with what we're saying or what we want to be? Okay, so, so again, I just wanna think if we're not evaluating, because if you do evaluate, here's what I think has happened. You'll be a little surprised 
at how much time you're spending on some of these things. I'm just saying, if you really look at it, sit down, write it down. Uh, and so here's my question. Here's my question in this one uh, that I want you to ask. And you need to know this. Here's, you need to know this. You can write this down somewhere in the margin there. Do I know where all my time is really going? Or am I just wondering? Like, do I know really where all my time is really going? So it says, look carefully. The second one he says is you gotta make the best use of your time. Make the best use of your time. So in the um, original Greek language here, the, the word, um, the best use of is actually kind of one word is to redeem. Actually, in some of your translations that you have right now, it actually says redeeming the time. Okay, and so to redeem, here's what redeem means. It means to buy something or more importantly, to buy something back. Uh, we actually use that word with what Jesus did for us on the cross. His death redeemed our, uh, de- like bought back our life because we deserve death. He died for us to redeem us to buy back our life. And, and so here's the good news in this one to make the best use of our time. Believe it or not, believe it or not, you actually do have some control on some of the things you're doing. Aren't you glad you came to church? You really do have some control on what you do, okay? So, so again, here's another question that you might wanna write down. Can I name the top time-deserving things in my life? Can I, can I name the first priorities and I know that's what I'm doing because those pay off over time? Do I know that for me? Do I know that for my family? The top time-deserving things. We're gonna talk about that one more here in a few weeks, but all I'm saying is if you're not even asking the question, then, then you, you will not realize the control that you actually do have on some of the things you're doing. It's so important to understand the control you have because Paul says, if you wanna get rid of hurry, you need to, here's what he's saying. This is, this is what I think might stick with you. Here's what he says. Be in the action of redeeming your time instead of reacting to life. Come on, somebody. I think so many of us are in a hurry because all we're doing is in reaction mode. He's like, you don't need to be that way. You can redeem your time instead of reacting to life, okay? So look carefully. Is this making sense so far? Make the best use of our time. Third one, he says, don't be foolish. Don't be foolish. Do I need to talk about this one at all? Moving on, next one. I'm just kidding, okay. Um, here's the thing with, uh, and I've said this before as I talked through. Here's the thing about foolish time. It's really fun, okay? And here's why I know. Because I know. You know what I mean? Like I love foolish time. It's great. It's so fun. But listen, like we cannot do foolish things all the time. Now there is a time, I think sometimes doing foolish things are, are actually okay. Like I would, I love TV. <gasps> I know I do. I love TV. Okay. I know I watch it. I know some of you are like, oh, I never watch TV. Why do we do that? Why do we wear that? Like a, such a badge? I don't watch any TV. Okay. I do. I, whatever. I love it. Corinne, I love it. We watch it. It's awesome. We connect really well watching shows. I don't know why I just got so fired up about that. I don't know. Do you ever hear that? Well, I don't watch TV. Okay. But here's the thing. Doing all of that to take up all of our time, that's where it becomes really foolish, right? So again, like, okay, sorry if you don't watch TV. Okay, here's the last one. Understand what the will of the Lord is. Understand what the will of the Lord is. We have fun here if you're new or visiting. I don't take myself seriously. I take God seriously for real. Okay, so. Listen to me, this one is one for me. Listen to me, for my life, for my family, for my ability to be a good parent, a good husband, all those things, and with every single thing I do, this is the key to my whole life, and it's this understanding God. That's the key to, and it's the key to everything in my life, and understanding the will of the Lord 
is, is what, what I need to know. I need to know his will. And so if you're ever wondering what that is, if you wanna know, well, what is the will of the Lord? Uh, he actually tells us, here it is. This is the will of the Lord. Here's what he says. He says, always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you, who to belong to Christ Jesus. And so let's keep this up here for a second because here is the thing. Here's the thing that I want us to understand. When you are hurried, you will find it impossibly hard to find these things in your life. Because here's what I will tell you. Joy, peace, and gratitude are incompatible with hurry. And so if you've ever wondered, like, why is joy fleeting? Why can't I find it? Why am I not in peaceful gratitude? Like, it's because you might be hurried. And so, so here's what I want to tell you. How about we let God root some of this out? How about we let God root out the hurry in our lives so that we could bring in his will of joy and, and, and always being in, in, in an amazing prayerful life and, and, and finding a life of gratefulness that affects other people around us. Okay, so here's what we're doing. This is kind of like the, we're setting up the problem. I'm gonna give you one little solution at the end of our time here, but uh, I'm gonna give you the four things we're gonna go after in this series, okay? Four biblical practices from God. They are straight out of the Bible that will eliminate hurry and in your life. You want to write these down. The first one we're going to look at is Sabbath. That, that we need to understand what it is, know what it's about. Here's more importantly, do it. We need to practice Sabbath in our lives. That's the first one. That's going to be next week. Uh, the next one is simplicity. That, that we're going to learn a, a word. And it's a really important word. And here's the word. No. Oh. Let's say it together. One, two, three. No. Ooh, it's actually good to say no. We're gonna talk about that a little. We gotta talk about it. We're gonna take a whole 30 minutes to talk about saying no. That's how bad, that's how hurried we are. No, like we don't even know how to say it. Okay, here's the third one. Slowing, slowing. Listen, this is, might be the one that's gonna be the hardest because this is not normal. This is not normal. So we need to get into a habit of just allowing ourselves, giving ourselves the grace to just have a slowed pace of life. How about that, somebody? That's okay, that's okay. And here's the last one. This is what we're gonna talk about today. Solitude, solitude. So we got Sabbath, simplicity, slowing, and solitude. And so let's talk a little bit as we end our time uh, with solitude, okay? So what I mean by solitude is that we need to find uh, pockets of time where we are practicing and experiencing, here it is, this. and more minutes of that than seconds. That's what, that's what it is. And we just have to practice. I'm so glad nobody coughed right there. Isn't that great? I was like, somebody's gonna cough, right? But man, but we need to practice that. And, and here's why. This is why silence and solitude is so big for us today. I'm telling you right now. Uh, and why this, this is a discipline, by the way. This has become a discipline. Like that, that's, how, that's where we're at. But this is why this discipline is so important as a Jesus follower. Here is what I have learned. This is just what I've learned in my 28 years of being a Christian. I became a Christian, I won't, I was super young. Anyways, for at least for me, here's what I know in my life. You might be different. God speaks more to me. Like I hear his voice more in the still quiet whispers than I do ever in a loud way. How about it, somebody? I mean, that's, that's just where I feel like I hear him more often in my life, at least for me. Uh, that's one. And here's the other reason. Like when you read about Jesus, that was a constant in his life. You, you can't read too much before you see him go off, get, get away from everybody, be by himself and have this uninterrupted, listen to me, quiet time with God. It was so important. It was one of the constants you will see when you read the gospels about Jesus. And so, so here it is, the goal of solitude. This is the big idea and it's really, really simple. And again, here it is from the mouth of God. If you wanna write this down, it's very, very simple. It's this, be still, know that he's God. 
that's it. Be still and know that he's God. That's the goal, that's the directive. We need, we need to create this space to experience uninterrupted times with the Lord because here's what I will tell you about your soul. Sometimes our souls need longer times of quiet than we are giving it. And in fact, I would not say sometimes, I would probably say for most of us, our souls need more of that quiet time than we're actually giving ourselves. And so with silence and solitude, here's what we get to do. This is cool. Here's what we get to do. This is what so many of us are looking for. We get to take away big church, take away big music, take away big crowds, take away all the noise. And then what we get to do is here's what we practice. We need to practice getting comfortable in environments that encourage the quiet. I'm gonna say that again. We need to practice getting more comfortable in environments that encourage the quiet. Because I wanna ask you this, too. I just wanna ask you, how comfortable are you actually in the quiet? Okay, maybe you wanna write this down to have a conversation with your group later. Like one to 10, maybe write that out and you can share that in your groups. One to 10, how comfortable right now are you, if you're honest, being just in the quiet and the silence? One being not very, 10 being I'm pretty comfortable. I don't know. Because I think this is the challenge in our world right now. I don't think a lot of people are comfortable in the, in the quiet, in the silence. And that's it's true for a lot of reasons. I actually think one is that we are just more distracted now than ever. We're just way distracted. In fact, uh, Comer writes this about this in his book. I found this really eye-opening. Okay, listen. So, so what studies are finding is that our attention span is in drastic decline. Okay, so here's what he found. He said that in 2000, the year 2000, before the digital revolution, our attention span was 12 seconds, all right? Since then, it's dropped to eight seconds, all right? Now, to put this in perspective, a goldfish has an attention span of nine seconds. We are losing to goldfish, everybody, all right? Like, I'm just saying, like, man, that's crazy, isn't it? That's crazy. So, so that's one reason why we're not comfortable in quiet environments. It's not shiny enough. It's not like, oh, you know, it's, it's not. But, but I also actually, I don't think that's the only reason. I think it's actually deeper. I think it's deeper. In fact, do you, do you know what one of the most anxious moments are for people in the world today? It's the anxiety we feel when we have nothing to do. That's crazy. It's one of the top anxiety things that people would say they feel. It's when you, have, when you don't have anything to do, you get anxiety because you feel like you need to be doing something. And here's why. Here's why I believe. This is, I didn't see this in the study. That's all. I, I actually think that it's in those quiet moments. It's in those quiet moments where you actually be left in your own thoughts and you'll discover what's really going on inside deep in your souls. And some of us, you don't want to go there. Some of, like, listen, some of us have no idea what's going on inside. And, and, and worse off, some of you kind of know, but you don't even want to try to go there. You don't, you're not, you don't want to do that. You want to go there and you're terrified to find out. So what, here's what you do. You stay busy. You stay busy and you keep moving. But you know this. You, like, you know this. That doesn't keep that stuff from damaging your faith. You know that, right? You know that that, that doesn't keep it from harming your soul. And that is not what God wants for you. That is not what he wants for you. God is not asking you just keep moving and get by. That's not the life that he wants for you. He wants you to experience real joy, real peace, real life. And I'm telling you, you need time alone with him to allow him to get in there and bring that stuff to the service and work on it with you. To, and you gotta trust him enough to allow his healing power to do what it can do. And believe me, believe me, because I practice this in my life. He will intervene. He will, he will work on some of that stuff. He will bring it and he's not just gonna bring a service, he will knock it down 
and he will actually show you what he can really do and he can bring in a better way to be, okay? So, so here's the homework today. This is it for Silas of Solitude, all right? As we look at one of the solutions. Here's what I want all of us to do uh, and if you're already doing it, great. Uh, keep doing it. Here it is if you wanna write this down. I need to schedule time alone. That's it. I'm making this super easy. I need to schedule time alone. Like I almost want us to chant that, but I think that would be weird. Like I feel like it's that big. Like, oh, no, we don't have to do it. Okay, anyway, I was gonna do it. I'm not doing it. Okay, we have to confront this intentionally by actually scheduling time alone. We have to schedule unscheduled time, okay? We have to do that. So, so three things... Uh, hopefully they're in there. Uh, three things that, that we need to kind of get in the habit of. Here it is. Find quiet, all right? These are just like three, this is what I gotta do. Be alone, make it routine. Find quiet, be alone, make it routine. Find quiet, be alone, make it routine. And I mean like daily. This should be a daily thing. And, and listen to me. I know this because I'm a dad of a 10-year-old and 8-year-old. I know this because I'm a husband who works and I have a wife who works. And like, so we have a lot of stuff going on. It can get complicated with family and work. But do not let that give you an easy out for this. This is way too important for you. And I'm telling so get proactive. Ask for help. Like you could do this. Tell your spouse, you, could, you guys could take turns, whatever it takes. And listen, you could do this. Like what I'm saying is you could do this at work. You could do this on your break. You could do this during lunch. You could do this when you wake up. Uh, like we're talking small minutes. We're not talking like these big 15 block pockets of minutes or anything. And I'm telling you of all the four that we're gonna talk about today, I actually think this may be the easiest. And I actually also think this might be the most impactful. I, I really think that this might be the most. Jesus did it all the time. It's gotta be right? It's got to be. And so, and, and so when you get there, I'm just going to trust that you're going to do that. You're going to schedule alone time. Here's the one thing that you're going to have to like confront, and it's this. Here it is. You ready? What do I do? Like, what do I do? And here's my answer. You have to try your best to do nothing, all right? You've got to try your very best to do nothing. I'm not saying check out, but I'm saying just be with God, be in that alone time with him for a minute or two and let that grow, let that happen. So, so I want to give you a few ideas of what I do. I do this actually a lot with my kids. There's two ways that I confront the silence and, and allow that silence to be what I do because this isn't about having a quiet time. This isn't about getting in the, this is not what I'm talking about. So one idea in the space of silence is to practice what I call prayer breathing. Prayer breathing. I do this uh, with, with my kids. So, so what, what I do is at night, <clears throat> what we, when we, we just focus on our breathing is all it is. That's, I don't, like, that's it. And so what we do, uh, we do this like three times together. Uh, we, when we breathe in, you breathe in the goodness of God. You breathe in his provision. You breathe in his presence. That's it. You're, you just focus on that when you breathe in. And then when you breathe out, you're breathing out all of the stuff, all the distractions, all the things that are trying to take you away from God's presence. That's it. And we do it like three, four times. Breathe in the goodness of God. Breathe out all that stuff that was on my life. That's one way to do it. Uh, and what I actually practice is, is something that I've come, it's become near and dear to me since I took my sabbatical uh, on how I prayer breathe. So I will focus on one truth about Jesus, God, or the Holy Spirit. That's it. Not all three, it's, I will do one. For instance, I will say, Jesus, you are my rock. And that's it. And I will say, so what I do is when I breathe in, I just breathe in Jesus. That's it. It's one word, Jesus. And I want to think about Jesus. And then when I breathe out, I'm like, you're my rock. You're my rock. And honestly, like there are times where I, I, I don't know how many times I do it. It's, and then something just comes in. Something actually works. And, you know, so I'll do this however long I need to. Whatever it is, whatever it is, okay, start by scheduling time alone. And try your best to not be doing stuff and try to satisfy that goldfish attention span. You know what I'm saying? Trust 
God, trust God, trust him to work, trust him so that you can be. Uh, and so, so, this, so this is where we're starting, but this is where I wanna go over the next four weeks. Your life is too valuable to be living in a hurried way. I feel like that's what God wants to tell you. Your life is way too valuable. He made you with way better of a purpose than to be living in a hurried way. And, also, and so if you don't feel replenished, if you don't feel like your soul is satisfied, you're constantly feeling rushed, I would just put forward that you're probably in hurry sickness in your life. And he wants to heal that. He wants to get that to a better place. Your soul is not being rested enough. So I wanna encourage you to make a change. Make a change. Again, like our goal this year is to be loving well. Loving. You can't love well if you're hurried. You just can't. And so I just wanna push you a little bit. Uh, and, and listen to me, this will not happen by accident. This will not happen if you just wish it happened. We've got to be intentional about these things. And, and if you're here and you are experiencing that rest, you are experiencing uh, that, I'm hoping this series will also help you maybe bring some more things in, help you find some new things to try uh, as well. Because listen, isn't it true? Like we all could use a little help with hurry. Amen, somebody? All right, so I pray that you're going to put this into practice soon. Let's pray together. God, I, I do believe this is a spiritual issue. You put that more and more on me as I've gone through this week with you thinking about this series. I think so many of us are, are so hurried. And, and my fear, I think our spiritual epidemic is we don't think it's bad. Actually, I think some of us think it's good. And Lord, I just pray you root that out in us, all of us. I think we all have some sense of, of feeling like that. And, and hopefully we're getting to a place where we can recognize that that's not the way you want us to be because we cannot have joy, we can't have peace, we can't have this gratefulness, we can't, we can't really love others well if we're hurried. And so I pray that you just start rooting that out in us. Start helping us find those things to do, those practices that you're putting in your word. Uh, and here's what I wanna pray. It's easy to talk about these things and not do anything about it. It's easy to say, oh man, that's me, and, and that's it. But I pray that you can just give us wisdom to not just find that, but actually take a step. Help us to help each other as well. Help our groups talk about this. Help us to help each other in this, because I do think this is a big, big thing uh, for our church. And I, so I pray this in the name of Jesus. I encourage us to take the next step towards you healing the hurry in our lives. We love you, and we need you. And pray this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. All right, everybody, listen. Have a great Super Bowl Sunday. Stay safe. We'll see you here next week again, as always. Like. Exercise patience out there getting out. Love you guys.